This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It's that show once again that's all about technology for blind and partially sighted people. And with me this week, I have Sean Priest. Hello. Hello. That was a normal intro. Well done. It's not over yet. Uh, okay. Tim Schwartz as well back with us. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Yeah, I'm so surprised, shocked. I don't know what to say to that normal intro. I know something's about to happen. I'm waiting for it. Well, no, I just wanted to tell you guys, we got our first review from a major uh, provider of tech news. Uh, Wired.com gave us a review this week. Yes. Um, I'm just going to read it here. It says, uh, still on. That was a review. Um, so there you go. Uh, well, look, welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, this week, we're going to be talking all about Apple. Now, if you look, if you don't like Apple, then tough, because that's what we're going to be talking about the whole hour here on the program this week, because, well, they had a big event, and I have to tell you, right, we had a we did a bit of a live, video live thing. Um, it was a triumph. Uh, I think the word did start with T-R-N-I, um, or maybe it was T-R-A, tragedy. Is that how you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> Since I've struggled seeing words again, I, I do forget how they're spelled. Uh, it was yeah. much better than that, sort of. Sort of between triumph and tragedy. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. That's close enough, I suppose. Uh, yes, yeah, so look, we did the live video, and, and the whole purpose of that was to kind of follow the event. And I'll be honest, although we did follow it and we, we talked plenty, um, I kind of missed half of it because we were talking over so much of it. So I blame you two for that. No, no, no. It was insightful. It was right on point. We knew all the aspects. It was fantastic. And thank you to all the listeners that did tune in. Yeah, we had lots of uh, listeners listening on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Well... Well, I mean, you say lots. Well, let's you know, not over-egg it. Yeah, well, several you know, dozen. And, and, you know, Periscope. What is this Periscope thing? You're obsessed with Periscope. I'm not obsessed with it. I just know my social media as our, you know, only social media coordinator on the show. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just familiar. But, no, we did have Overly familiar people. at times. Ooh, well, yes. you know. No, we did have several people join us and chat with us during the, the uh, live event. It was It was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, no, it was, it was, and it was nice that you were all interacting as well, um, and thank you to everybody who uh, has been taking part in that, and this hour is going to be uh, looking, actually, at everything that's happened this week at D- uh, WWDC, quite a lot, actually, and I will say this, I mean, uh, during the video, uh, during the live presentation uh, of uh, Tim Cook uh, from California, um, and of course the Apple WWDC kind of kickoff event, as it is, um, but they announced lots of interesting things. I'll be honest, I wasn't very impressed. And I always leave these events feeling a bit depressed. I think it's because I just want to buy something with an Apple logo on it, and I feel that like I can't, uh, especially this time around, because what they did bring out was just a little bit too expensive even for me. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to be buying a new Mac Pro, but we'll talk about that a bit later, uh, because I want to kick off with one of the main features that Apple announced this time around, uh, and I bring it up for two reasons. One, because it's an amazing feature, but secondly, because it's a feature all about accessibility, which was actually mentioned by name. It's like the ugly cousin was finally revealed. Um, what? Well, you, <laughs> I'm not going to get into everyone's family history. You all know who you are. But the thing is, 
you know, app, accessibility doesn't get a mention very often. It's not like it's a dirty word, but it's just people don't tend to talk about it. In fact, the only time we've heard of it is at perhaps maybe launch videos. I think there was a video where when Siri was launched, um, there was a, a blind woman shown sending a text using Siri. Yeah. Uh, and then more more recently than that, there was a, f- a video which kind of encompassed a whole wide range of disabilities explaining how accessibility helped. And that wasn't just Apple. That was Microsoft as well that year. Uh, Google made a big effort to, to push accessibility. It certainly seems like it's it's more part of the norm, and that was great. Um, but then this time around, it actually got cited as a, as a, a feature, this particular feature that I want to talk about, which is voice control. Now, before we talk about it, Let's play in a short video. This is actually from Apple's website. It is audio described. That's why we can play it. Uh, and uh, it will give you an idea of what voice control is and how it will help uh, lots of people with disabilities. Wake up. The dictation microphone icon. Voice control is a breakthrough feature that gives you full control of your devices, comma, with just your voice, period. It's a whole new way to do everything you love, period. Like this. Correct love. A list of numbered options. 16. The word is replaced by a red heart. Open photos. Ian sits in a wheelchair in front of an iMac. Scroll up. Show numbers. 13. A man with a bike. Click share. Share options. 3. Messages. Tim. Next field. Ian composes a message. Let's try this one today. Thumbs up emoji. Click send. Open maps. Show grid. Long press at 20. A marked location on the Pacific Coast Scenic Byway. Open app switcher. Ian's wheelchair-mounted iPhone. Four. Tap share. Tap Tim. Tap send. Now, Ian rides his motorized wheelchair across a pedestrian bridge over a blue river. Later, he uses a sip-and-puff controller to ride along a forest trail. Tim bikes up next to him. Hey, good to see you. Open music. Turn up the volume. Tim and Ian look out over a glistening mountain lake, an Apple logo. Now, before we even mention anything about the feature itself, let's just, you know, pay homage to the fact that that video is audio-described and all the videos that were featured at the event were audio-described, even uh, audio-described live for attendees of the event. Uh, These videos weren't broadcast live on the stream, but they were available to people who were blind in the auditorium. Uh, a device very similar to what you might get in some cinemas was given out, and uh, you could listen to description of what was going on on screen um, at the event. I've got to say, you know, that's that's pretty impressive, um, you know, in itself, isn't it? Mm, yes. I, I, there's no way around it. That was good. Was this the first time they've done that, though? I'm pretty sure they released audio-described videos before, but I'm not sure about the in the actual event itself it was live audio described i don't think they've done that before no i don't think that yeah i think that is the first time they definitely have released videos on their website in the past even just as recently as earlier this year when they did the uh, tv event or the tv announcement a lot of those videos and previews for those shows coming up were audio described online but to actually have them described during the event like that live there yeah that's the first time i've ever heard them do that maybe next year they'll actually have a separate feed or stream where blind people can listen and have the entire event described although then that'll put us out of a, a, a you know position to be able to do it again uh, i think most people would be pleased about yes that. Oh, that, that, about that, that. yeah that might be a good thing actually but but no i mean yeah i was very impressed that these uh, not only were described but they did it there in the theater and then the voice control itself 
and the understanding that it will be read out by voiceover as well. So this is a partnership of just two amazing things that I know I'll be using, and I don't have any motor skill issues. I just want to be able to navigate using my voice. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking here about people driving cars as well, people who, you know, they're obviously trying sure. to get people away from physically holding their phones or touching their phones while they're driving. But for people with disabilities, this is massive, especially people, as you say, who have problems touching or, or using a, a device. And this could, this could apply to a lot of different people. Um, I think the idea of talking to a computer is brilliant. The only bit that's kind of raising a few concerns, you might have noticed in the video um, that you heard there, and it was very quick, so you might have missed it. But and it kind of dawned on me quite early on that what was happening, kind of strange irony here, um, all the, the options that come up are numbered. So when you say something on screen like, you know, choose a picture, um, they're all numbered. Uh, how does that work with voiceover? Mm. Uh, how do you know what's what? And how long would that take to run through that list? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'd like to think Apple have probably thought about this um, because one of the things that they're big on is accessibility for all. So, you know, even a feature that's for a blind person could be useful to a sighted person in some way. Um, so, you know, it's kind of both ways. It's not exclusive. So I just, I, I, I really like the sound of this because I love the idea of just talking to the computer. There's lots of blind people I've seen tweeting saying, oh, finally, I've always wanted to be able to do this. It's not something I've thought about, but the more I, when I saw it and, and saw what they meant by it, and I know it's not, and Sean's going to, I know exactly what Sean's going to say. He's going to say, oh, it's not the first time my computer's been able to do that. Uh, yeah, I know, but. But what? You know. Apple have done it right. That's ah, I knew you were going to say that. Of course, using the numbered grid <laughs> system, that's a well-used well, well used technique. Microsoft have used that on their Windows recognition. Um, but, of course, that doesn't work well with the screen reader. So, as you rightfully said, Stephen, see, I'm giving you props. You. As Thank you rightfully you. said, <laughs> if anyone's going to do this right, because you know people don't just have one disability, so it makes sense that it should be accessible across the board. So... Uh, having some sort of voiceover integration with that, with the number system, um, I think Apple probably will do that, and I think it will work well. And unlike you, Stephen, I have thought about this. I thought about this ages ago. I thought this would be great because how many times are you walking around with your phone in your pocket and your headphones on, and you can open an app with Siri, but you can't actually control it? You know, the, the yep. tap on a certain button. That for me will be fantastic, and. We did go crazy as soon as they said accessibility. We all stopped and said, "Oh, now we're interested." You know, in the yeah. event, now we're interested. They mentioned, "Everyone, be quiet." They're mentioning accessibility, but really, this this could be a a feature used by everyone, as you said about the cars and anything hands free. Um, I think it is a bit just to categorize it as accessibility. I think actually they're doing the the thing a disservice. It could be just another way, another interface as a Bluetooth keyboard, as a touchscreen, and also control it by voice. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it is fantastic. And it is funny that the moment they said the word accessibility in the keynote, yeah, we all went crazy and it got worse because, well, I say that's when our, our program went south, but maybe I think it would have gone south. <laughs> well, I think it was, it was definitely but, uh, traveling south at that point. Traveling <laughs> south, but but that's when uh, I believe Stephen's computer went out, my phone that was died. Amazing, so we, actually, yeah. Your phone yes, died. Yes, that was, that was amazing. Why, why were it you was on, right I, yeah, as accessibility was you, Why were you on your phone that whole video? I don't understand this. If anyone was watching our video, uh, you were, you were, we tested this, you were on your computer, and then suddenly you were on your phone. What happened to you? 
Well, what happened was we had plans to go out of town to my cousin's graduation and, and to come home with you. By, Sunday, by Sunday evening. And instead, we did not come home Sunday evening. We extended it a couple of days. So Boozing. I was actually in a hotel room when I did that on my phone. All right, that's enough. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say I was bored, but I don't know. I might retract that statement. <laughs> um, okay, we'll get to that in the after party. Uh, but yeah, it was, <laughs> listen, if you haven't seen the video yet of us being idiots on screen, then uh, check it out. It's on YouTube and um, where else is it? It's on Twitter. It's on our Facebook. Facebook, yeah, Twitter. Basically, it's it also on our website, which is doubletap.online. Oh, yeah. I did that, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, doubletap.online, yes. I think you'll find I did that. No, I think I did that bit. Okay, that you three did, hours you, where we were on the phone to each other must have been yeah. a, just a dream then. You were trying to put up the Super Sense article <laughs> that you've been putting, promising to put up there for about the past year and a half. <laughs> yes, waiting for the link from you. Let's not do this on air. <laughs> Too late. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Came out. Yeah, so voice control is actually a major feature. I'm really interested in trying it. I was getting quite excited by the prospect of trying it that night. I thought, I'm going to download the beta. And then Sean reminded me, I'm not an app developer. So that ain't going to happen. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I'll have a go when it comes out as a, as a public beta. I, I'm really keen to, to try it. But I, there are lots of things um, about this. And I, we are going to focus here on accessibility because, you know, there are lots of announcements made and we'll pick up on some of them. But I think there are lots of things that happened even after the event that, we've, that we now know about through people like Stephen Aquino, James Rath as well, uh, both blind guys who were there. Uh, James is a, a video blogger. Uh, he's partially sighted. Stephen's blind. He is uh, a brilliant blogger as well. And I know he does podcasts and all kinds. So these guys were there. They were actually on the ground and they were tweeting a lot. We were kind of watching what they were saying because it was giving us a handle on what the blind angle would be for a lot of us. Um, so the main thing, I guess, I mean, aside voice control, which was indeed the number one feature to come out of it, but I think the biggest news is that accessibility in itself has been moved out of where you would find it under settings and then go into general and it's under there. Instead of it being kind of tucked away in there, it's now going to be in the main menu system. So when you go into settings, you'll see accessibility. Mm. Again, well, I I was going to say again, something Android have already done. Hooray! Um, So, you know, (laughs) but but it's good to see it be moved there. Is it? Is it? I mean, well, just yeah. because it's accessibility, we lose our minds again. But there's so many settings that are all over the place in iOS that really don't make a lot of sense. I mean, but hang, you know, but hang on, hang on. How many people do you know that you've maybe talked to? I, I do this a lot. I maybe tell people on a. Usually, I get asked why I'm sitting with my phone, you know, screen off and a keyboard connected. <laughs> Your to phone's it. broken, mate. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, why are you typing away on a keyboard with no computer attached to it? Um, and I explain how it all works. They're like, all oh, right, is that something that's just built on your phone? And I'm like, no, 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 it's on everybody's phone. It's under accessibility. Never seen it. Yes, but... Whereas if, it, if you can see it, it kind of brings it to the fore. It makes people no, no, more no, aware no. of yeah, it. I get that, and I'm all for yeah. it. Hey, accessibility up to the, 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 the front and everything. But you can say that about every setting. People have asked me how you changed the Siri voice from male to female or the other way around. Well, that's just ridiculous. And, well, no, because, you know, who? how many of the average users dive into the settings? It's the first thing I use usually dive into, see if there's anything new in there. Most people don't bother with that. Well, most people aren't us, and yes, that's what we do. I always dive into the settings first and play around and, and set things up. That said, though, I, I agree with... <laughs> again, <laughs> you do it too. So, um, Yeah, we're all guilty of that yes, one, we are. You can't start throwing that label right, I, was yeah, saying, I do it like Fonz. I'm cool when mm, I do it. I'm sure you are. So, so no, I, I agree with Stephen <laughs> on this, that 
it is a good thing to put it in the actual main page of settings. And I think that unlike changing a Siri voice voice or other things, this is something that people would use if they only knew it was there. There are accessibility features, like Stephen said earlier, that can be used by anybody. You don't have to be straight up legally blind or, or something like that to use some of these features. And so knowing that they're there and without having to dive in and dig around and figure out where they are and, and all that, I think it is a good thing to bring it to the forefront. Hmm. The question is, though, should they change the name of accessibility to something else? Hmm. Like what? Well, I just, I, I don't know what the logo is for accessibility on Apple. I can't make out what it actually is. I don't think it's a wheelchair, which is a good start not. because, you know, <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's a, the thing about that, that label is that it actually has created to some, in some people's minds, I, I think a, a real kind of like, well, if you're, you're, you have to be in a wheelchair to be disabled. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And that, I think a lot of people have gone off that idea. Even people in wheelchairs will often say, look, I don't want that as a label. That's just putting that label on me and I don't want that. Um, some people also, you know, look, I know, I know there's both sides to the argument. Some people absolutely live by that symbol. That's entirely up to you. That's the, the joy of choice. But I just wonder if the, the, the word accessibility is intertwined now with disability. And is there a way we can perhaps pull that apart? Not to not to degrade or say that we shouldn't celebrate disability or any of that stuff. Celebrate? To, well... Yay! I'm illegally blind. <laughs> yeah. But, look, you know, there are people out there who will say, well, look, I'm not... Don't tell me there's something wrong with me. This is who I am. This is my identity. Oh, this is why I am. No, that's... Look, I'm putting out what people are no. saying, right? This is what people tell me. Um, so, and I, I can get that. Look, you sit in a shed all day, right? We're not going to get your opinion on anything that makes sense. But Tim knows what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I do. And I think there's something to be said for using the word accessibility. It says what it is, and that's great. However, yeah. people that wouldn't classify themselves as necessarily being disabled in some way will see the word accessibility, even if it's on the main page, and say, oh, well, that's not for me. That's for people that are disabled and may not realize that there's a lot of things they can do with voices and colors and uh, you know different things like that. Hearing you know things for people that may have just hard of hearing it don't have to be totally deaf. Just <sighs> well, that's their problem, isn't it? No, it's not their yes, problem. Yes, it is. Mr. Look, Priest. there's so many settings in there. You say, oh, people just don't know those settings are in there. Why is accessibility suddenly getting all this? No, but you know what it's oh. like? It's a bit like a disabled toilet. Or I know you call them accessible toilets now, but, you know, disabled toilet or disabled parking space. You know, what, what are the sighted and the able-bodied world told? Don't go near them. Don't go in there. Don't think about it. So they'll probably look at that and go, oh, can't go in there. That's a special place for people who need accessibility. Um... I don't know. I, I just don't know if the, the word in some ways puts people off. Um, well, well I, yeah, I, I suppose it does depend on, on what you would change it to. I mean, I can't think. I think accessibility just you know, encompasses it, and I think it's perfect. Yeah, just, drop it, just, people drop access. just drop ability. Just call it access. Yeah, access or assistive features or assistive settings, something like well, that. What's the difference between assistive and, and accessibility? Come on, because man. I just think it's accessibility. What's that? No one knows what that is. Accessibility is synonymous with disability, where yeah. assistive, I don't know that it is as much. Although, that being said, I wouldn't be opposed to them breaking up the accessibility section 
and under the screen and brightness settings, put in invert colors or things like that, or in your Siri settings, maybe put in voiceover things. Just make it part of other settings that are already in the phone where they would make sense. And when you have your sound settings, your volume and sound settings, put the things for hearing in there. That might make it more mainstream and make it make more sense without having its own area. That that would be the only major next step I think I would make. No. no. Tim's made a very go good point. Oh, no. no I, I can't can believe it. Why, Sean? Yeah, I think, no, you've made a fantastic point, and I don't like it. Oh, okay. I, okay. Right. Well, then I mean, rather than, rather than move it from general just to the front, then if you, if you really want to make it part of the whole operating system, then, yeah, just split it up. Have voiceover in the sound settings and the smart inverting here and wherever. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Well done, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Apple, I can be hired. You can email me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I do agree with that. I think you're absolutely right. I think that uh, to do it properly, you know, it, you should not exclude it. That's, in some ways, maybe that's the problem I'm having with it. It feels like it's an exclusive area that I don't really like. I don't want it to be exclusive. I want it to be for everybody. And, you know, like I, I met the woman on the train. I've told you this story before. I met the woman on the train who Steady. was having problems seeing her phone calm down. And... <laughs> She was having issues with her phone, and I said, look, maybe you could enlarge the text. It might help you a bit. And she said, oh, how do I do that? And when I told her, and she did it, she said, oh, I, I didn't think that was for me. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> um, you know, of course it's for you. Yeah. It's, look, did you buy the phone? It's your phone. You can do what you like with it. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's just helping everybody that little bit. And I think what it does is it kind of breaks down that barrier of that special setting. Because we all know... We all know there's a line somewhere when it comes to, especially sight loss, I can say this from my own perspective, that over the course of time, there's a line that is crossed from, you know, oh, yeah, you just need that a bit bigger in font size to, oh, my goodness, he can't see. Uh, there's a line there somewhere. Um, there. I don't know what it is, but we've crossed it. We've all crossed it at some point. So, no, I'm quite glad it's, at least for now anyway, I'm glad it's been moved to the top of the menu system. So that is, and I like having say, my own special area. Yeah, well, for maybe for you, maybe just look. Just can we get Tim Cook special. just to do that for just Sean's phone? That might be a good Android. One. Woo! Yeah, that's right. That is your special phone, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, look, we, we should mention here. This is iOS 13 we're talking about, so this isn't out yet. This will be coming out later in the year. I believe it's fall, or as I like to call it, autumn. Uh, so that's <laughs> happening. Um, so yeah, that's good. Also, and actually, a thing that kind of we we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. We'd, we'd heard a little bit about that possibility of the accessibility menu moving, but one thing we didn't know about was that accessibility in itself was going to be made available at startup. Now, it's already available at startup. You can turn voiceover on. I think you can turn zoom on. Could be wrong. I think I think you can certainly turn voiceover on at the beginning by triple uh, clicking, or you can use the the side button if you've got one of the newer phones. But what they're actually allowing you to do now with iOS 13 is be able to turn on accessibility and customize it at startup. Now, that opens up all the aspects of accessibility rather than just one. What do we think about that? Yeah, that's fantastic because when I've set up my iPhones in the past or reset up one uh, when I've needed to, yeah, you get the basic default setting for voiceover, and as many of us do, we'd like to speed it up or change the voice, or if you're using Zoom, be able to get that to the, the setting that you want. So to be able uh -oh. to actually change that when you're when you're starting up and get that all set before getting into iOS, rather oh, than having to go dig and find it and do it all then, yeah, I, I like that. 
Oh, no. Oh, you fell into a trap there, Tim. How guilty do we feel? Because I thought, well, accessibility is already there at Startup. But of course it isn't. As far as I know, voiceover is, and that's about it. What about if you use a switch device or uh, some sort of hearing aid that you need the uh, option for? And are those available during setup? I don't know. And that's because I'm in my own little blind bubble. So um, I think it's great if you've got other... Um, accessibility features that you need to access during startup and i'm I've, i actually do feel bad that i didn't even think about that for ages why is yeah, it taking should. so long i know i do i'm very guilty i'm very very sorry i'm a very bad man <laughs> but you know it, it, it is funny you don't even think about that the other ex- we say oh they're, they're great accessible out of the box well were they were they really accessible out of the box now they will be which is fantastic so it's coming uh, in iOS 13, uh, which is also, as I say, out uh, in autumn. Fall. Just want to say that again. It's not fall. It's autumn. Um, we should maybe mention as well, uh, because one of the other things that came out of uh, this WWDC event, the launch event, was uh, a breakup, uh, a sad kind of Ross and Rachel style breakup of... Um, iOS between the phone and the iPad. They actually brought out an iPad OS, which Weird. kind of surprised a few people, I think, because we didn't. I don't think anyone expected them to break the two apart like that. But they did, and uh, what that's meant is that iPad OS can now move on. And I guess what I think a lot of people are going to see is that, um, well, it looks like Mac OS and iPad OS may eventually merge down the line. That's my takeaway from it, anyway. Well, I think from top to bottom, it's going to be Mac OS will be able to combine in many ways with iPad OS. And then in a lesser way, iPad OS still combines with your phone's iOS. So they're all still connected, but in kind of a tapered system, I think. So from Mac to iPad, from iPad to iPhone. And I think that's okay. And, and the fact that they did this because iPad will have so many separate features going forward from an iPhone because they are trying to make it kind of laptop light. Like I said the other day, you know, with uh, the multiple screens and mouse support and all that kind of thing, it kind of makes sense that they need to do this because they want to put focus on the differences for an iPad at the same time saying, Oh, but it can also do, or will be able to do things similar to your Mac and still be able to do things similar to your iPhone. Well, let's not get carried away with the whole iPad OS and Mac OS merging together. I think that is still quite a way down the line. I think this is the first step, as you said, Stephen. But I don't know. I, I thought this was a really exciting move. You know, an actual separate OS for iPad. And I think it's something that needed to happen. But I am slightly worried because they did make a big thing about the files app. Now you can add, uh, you, you can drag and drop files from a, a pen drive and, and whatever, which is great, which is what it's always needed. But is that coming to iOS as well? From my point of view, you know, using a uh, an iPhone would be, I'd still want those features as well. Am I going to have to wait? Are we going to get separate updates for the iPad OS now? Or will that still come in sync with the iOS updates? There's still a few questions to it. Yeah, well, we're going to answer some of those questions in a minute because we're taking a short break. This is Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Welcome back. This is Double Tap Canada, and it is Stephen here along with Sean and Tim. We are talking about WWDC that happened this week and all of the announcements that are kind of more relevant to us as blind people because uh, there are lots of announcements made. Um, We should probably mention the Mac Pro 
Um, I mean, only for a second, because nobody on earth can afford it. Even, even the head of Pixar is sitting right now going, look, I've done the calculations, guys. We can afford two. Um, so if we can make the next Toy Story on two Mac Pros, that's fine. I'm sorry there's about 600 of you, but you'll just have to work around the two of them, okay? No, is that uh, with or without the monitor that costs almost well, as exactly. much? Well, hang on, hang on. Never mind the monitor. The stand, the stand. for the monitor. Yes. A thousand bucks US. Yeah. For a stand. You buy the monitor, now you've got to put it on bricks, because you can't afford a stand. And I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, that it won't work with any other stand, that it'll only work with that stand. <laughs> no, hopefully within the next six months, like LG or somebody will come out with a third-party stand that just kind of works, sort of, you know. That's ridiculous. Be half the price. Yeah, when we were doing the live commentary and we were guessing the prices of these things, I was joking when I said the stand would be 1500 how I never knew I would have been so close. Over, but still close. <laughs> well, it did say the pro stand. So I don't know. It must come with a stand anyway. So and this be is a semi-pro extra. stand that'll be half the price of 750 yeah, you can bargain. Get it, so if you're perhaps looking for a new computer to maybe write an email on or uh, maybe, you know, check out Google every so often, this is not the Netflix for you. Yeah, <laughs> trying out your Netflix. This is. I will say one thing. Netflix will never look so good on that display in that machine, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, $6,000 US is the starting price of this device. You know what gets me about it? It kicks off with a 256-gig solid-state drive. 256 in a machine that costs you six grand. That is Mm. insane. Um, But you can have up to a terabyte and a half of RAM. Yes, you can. (laughs) It comes with 32 gig in the base level. Uh, it's got an eight-core yes. Xeon processor, you know, so that's decent enough, I suppose. But up to twenty-something cores? Did I hear that right? Or twenty-eight cores? I think yeah. the top Xeon is cores, currently. Yeah. But look, okay, let's. Ha- let's no, no, hang on, about- hang on. I've got, I've got to no. stick on this one because this is incredible. <laughs> they were they were demoing. Uh, I don't know what the software was they were using on screen, but there was a, a demo of an audio production going on, and um, they were demoing it with a thousand tracks. And they were sort of scrolling up and down really quickly as things playing. There's a thousand tracks playing at the same time. And it was handling it beautifully. Here's my question, though. Will, <laughs> when you go to any website, will it still say Safari Busy? Yes. <laughs> on every possible occasion. Because that's all my machine ever really says to me is, hang on a minute, you can wait for this answer. Uh, and I bet this one does it as well. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's not for the likes of us. It's for the pros. It's not for us. How fast were they going through those thousand audio tracks with voiceover on? That's why I want to know. It's My head well, would explode. Yes. I mean, I, I do four tracks and I nearly have a hemorrhage. It's incredible. <laughs> but let's just get a little bit nerdy for a minute because it had eight PCI Express expansion slots, four of which are double width, um, all 16 speed. Uh, 12 DIMM slots for the memory, as you said, 1.5 terabytes of potential RAM, 6-channel ECC. I mean, this is, I know we're joking about the price of it and everything, but for the market it's aimed at, they actually did a fantastic job. Expansion and everything for creatives and for enterprise. This is what the creatives have been asking for for years. Something they can upgrade themselves. Yes, the the whole the, the trash bin Mac Pro was an absolute disaster. Everyone hated it. So let's let's be honest. This is perfect, and what they've been asking for, price wise, who knows? I mean, as you said, it's not aimed at us anyway. Well, apparently, someone did a bit of a check on you know how much it would cost if you maxed this thing out. You know how you can go in on the Apple website, you can customize. I don't think this is available on the website yet, but 
people have been kind of working out roughly based on the costings and everything else. And apparently to get the, the, the full, you know, experience, the best Mac Pro you can get with all those 28 cores and whatever else, um, $50,000. Oh, no way. That includes the monitor. I'm not, I'm not sure it includes the stand. <laughs> um, but fifty grand is, is what you would pay for it. So mm. clearly, in for us. Uh, so that's why we're not going to spend too much time talking about it. Although I will say one thing. Gorgeous machine. Nicknamed the Cheese Grater. Mm. Um, which, of course, is an old blind joke. Many of us will know. Uh, I gave my friend, uh, my blind friend, a Cheese Grater for Christmas. He said it was the best book he ever read. Oh, <sighs> don't get dust that one off. Um, but yeah, that was that was my other. Do you know, the other one that always makes me laugh, in a way was the guy who goes into the shop and he starts picking up his guide dog and oh, swings the no. guide dog around his head. And the, the assistant comes over and says, what are you doing? He says, just having a look around. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't make these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I not advocate these jokes, but I've heard them so many times. And if, a thousand times, yes, we've heard um, them. Wired.com said we're still on. Uh, just confirming that. <laughs> Um, but yes, so uh, let's talk about some of the other things because we were talking before the break there about the iPad and its kind of break away from from the iOS, from the phone essentially. Um, because what they're trying to do, and it's clear what the eventual aim is here, is to bring macOS and iPad together into one device. And it is, as Sean says earlier, you know, it's it's a long way off, but it's getting there. And one of the ways they're doing this, one of the ways they're beginning to bridge this divide is by making an app that you make for the Mac available to use on the iPad. And likewise, and this is probably more likely the way people will do it, people who have made iPad apps can then create apps on the Mac side. Now, I must admit, I was a little bit nervous about this. And I know you were as well, Sean, because you were, th- were both thinking about the Microsoft Store yeah, and all the apps that were downloaded, and not many of them were very accessible. Uh, whereas I'm actually less worried about that, considering the fact that accessibility, if the app is accessible on the iPad, it'll be accessible on the Mac. That would be my conclusion to that. Um, so I'm less worried about it. I think this is good. I think it's good for people who want to move from one device to another. Because at the moment, for example, I feel like I have to learn two different operating systems just to use, say, my iPad as a as a pr- productivity device. Um compared to my MacBook, which is what I'll always go to by default. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a concern. But I, I think I'm just worried that the apps are going to be dumbed down because it's all about the interface. A, a, a mobile app has um, it's, it's far simpler. The interface is far simpler than it is on a desktop. Uh, and being simpler, it's also limited because you think of all the things you do using a menu bar on the, on a desktop computer um, and right clicking and the interface on on the iPad currently just doesn't give you that many options. So the interface has got to be dumbed down, if you like. And I'm slightly worried that we're going to see that and some of the the function and and features that we need and are so used to on a desktop app aren't going to be there on the iPad or on a tablet. Um, So that's my concern. Now, I'm hoping that Apple will get around this and and think about this. Um, But that's what I'm worried about. And, And again, going back to the Windows Store apps, which is something similar that they were trying to do. Um, now, if it's just down to the execution and the way that Microsoft did it, but they were, and still are, absolutely terrible. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not as concerned because, as you said, Stephen, I think that if it's accessible on one, it's going to be accessible on the other. I, I think there is a concern there about the Mac versions being dumbed down. However, 
it's really more up to the developers at that point because Apple's just giving them the framework and the backend ability to make them cross-platform. And the developers have to be the ones to be able to say, okay, how advanced or how dumbed down do we want our app to be, especially if it's on two different platforms like that. So I think that's more of a developer developer thing and how they want their apps to appear, how totally they want... Agree how they want us to interact with them. I don't agree. And no, so no, no. I, I think it's going to be fine because people, the, the developers will make an app that will work the way they want us to use it. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it is down to the developer, Sean, because it's not you – know, <sighs> Apple will do so much. I mean, look, how many times – I've even had this question asked of the accessibility team at Apple, and maybe I'm speaking out of school here. I was at an event where Apple were speaking. Uh, they would refuse to be recorded. But one thing that was asked at the event was why – can't you push developers to make your apps accessible? And I'll be honest, the person on stage kind of just moved on and said, well, isn't it lovely? Look at the shiny thing I've got to show you. Uh, it's an Apple logo on a computer. It's nice, isn't it? Um, you know, so they kind of moved away from it very quickly. Um, but I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it is down to the developers. But well, you're wrong. It, it, well, okay. I don't know how I can be wrong or how we no, can No, listen. That, but... Accessibility okay. is not an issue for me. I'm not worried about accessibility between the two. I think Apple accessibility be. is fantastic. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. There the is... UI is. The operating system is accessible, but the apps aren't. Well, you know, no, 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 no. A lot of the apps are. They're, they're, I read an article about this about Amazon oh, this week. They were no. talking about the Amazon Fire Stick and how... Well, we're not. <laughs> Okay, um, you're not quite good at nuancing arguments, are you? Um, but no, here's the thing, right? On Amazon's Fire Stick, you've got this UI which is accessible. The problem is that the apps on there aren't. How many times have we said that? Yes. Now, that's not down to Amazon. That's down to the app developers. No, no, that's why I'm saying I'm not worried about accessibility because I think Apple are great on that, and I think third-party developers are are mostly okay with accessibility. Uh, that's, that's It's another argument. But my point I'd, I'd is... I'd go so far to say they've probably got more tools at their fingertips than perhaps from other well, developers yeah, yeah, or but, other systems. Yes, okay. So uh, the accessibility is a separate issue. What I'm saying is the actual interface, I, I'm going back to the menu bar, having the ability to, you know, new or open a file or save a file, that menu bar that you get on a desktop OS is really important and adds so much more depth to an interface and the features and functions that you can do. And you don't have that on the iPad. And that's down to the operating system, which is down to Apple. They need to expand on that. How do you do that on a tablet? Force touch, 3D touch? Context menus? I don't know, but Apple needs to get that in place. Thank you. Well, I disagree with Whew, that. Tim. That is an in-app development thing. Menus, buttons, no, pull-down no. things, all that. It's is. all, it's all part of the operating how... system user interface. They can only put in the features that Apple makes available to them. How are they going to open up a, a menu bar if, if Apple doesn't make that part of the overall iOS interface? Okay. I get where you're going with this, but I think you've actually got two arguments running side by side, which even by your standards is pretty impressive because <laughs> we good. know you can't multitask. Um, I think that what I would take away from what you're saying, if, if it's possible to, to take anything from what you're saying, um, is that from from what I'm hearing from you is that you've got concerns, not, less, not so much about accessibility, but the simplification of the apps. Right? Correct. Thank you. So, what I would say to that is I'm less concerned about that because I'm looking at the number of people who are buying laptops these days and who are buying iPads or Surface Pros or, you know, the people are moving away from the traditional and they're trying to, we're talking about a sighted world here, the able-bodied world, are really, really taking on board these 
iPads and everything else for productivity. And people who are older, who are getting into technology, aren't picking up laptops, they're picking up iPads or iPhones. So that simplification is actually helping people in a lot of ways. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think we've lost that much. I know that I, I know what you mean, but I think that's because we have come from a, a world where there are a million options. I don't. I, I think Word has probably got as many options on the iPad as it does on the desktop. You know, it's, it's just they'll mm. build more in down, to, down the, the line. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe a good point. Maybe I'm just old school, but um, I, I just don't think we're quite ready for it yet. I think it's still immature. Adding the file options that they've added to iPad OS is great, and like I said, a baby step in the right direction. But trying to say, I think people still get these iPads and, and think I'm going to use this as a productivity tool and end up just using it. To consume content yeah well I've, I've, that's what i've done i'll be honest i mean i try yeah. but I, I still struggle with it uh, one of the things i struggle with though is keyboard control on the uh, computer because i think ipad this is one of the reasons i'm quite excited by this ipad seems to have a different way of working to iphones in the way and i, I get it because obviously it's, it's a different layout um it's more there's more columns on the screen than there are on an iphone obviously it's so slightly different an iphone's much easier to use with voiceover than an iPad is, I would think, unless yeah. you're just using the screen. Um, however, and this is what I'm not... I don't know what this means yet, but I read it at, uh, during the week there, and it's just came out as a line. I don't know what it means. We'll, we'll investigate it further when we hear more about it, and we, or we can try it. But apparently you'll have full keyboard control of the entire operating system of the iPad. Now, I thought we did. So did I. But there may be more control going in, and this is partly driven by a comment which is the bigger news, that mouse, uh, you can use a mouse, a wired mouse, by the way. I don't think anyone's tried a, a, a Bluetooth mouse, although there have been mixed reports this week. Um, I did read Bluetooth mice will be supported, so you can use a Bluetooth mouse or a wired mouse. Yep. They must be. Yeah, I mean, well, that's you mean the never, common name. Who's going to use a wired mouse on an iPad? I mean, come on. Yeah, um, Tim, come on. But it's, <laughs> but it's under... <laughs> but it's under... It's under uh, sure. Yeah, well, this is interesting. It's under the assistive touch settings, right? So it's to help people kind of get a, a, more of a handle of what's going on. And if you've got voiceover turned on, it will read everything below the mouse. And if you want, it will also visually, I think they call it hover text is the feature, where whatever piece of text you're on with the mouse, it will increase its uh, its text size. A bit like um, the Mac does this. It's a little little-known feature that when you're on the Mac, you can go to contact cards and maybe you look for a phone number. And if you bring up the context menu, you can, I think, it, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like, you know, C phone number or something. And it'll actually make it the size of the screen. The phone number appears oh, huge in the middle of the screen. Cool. Uh, which is pretty cool. It's a very little known feature. It's probably just been put in there for a laugh. Um, but it's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, mouse on iPad. Tim, tell me if this makes sense to you. I, how can this be an accessibility feature? Am I missing something? Probably. I think it's an accessibility feature from the standpoint of someone who may have motor skill issues. Maybe for some reason they have Parkinson's or some sort of paralysis where using their finger to just swipe or touch around the screen is very difficult. Maybe certain gestures are difficult for them to do, whereas they could just rest their palm on a mouse and move that around. And maybe they'll have you know assistive device because there are assistive uh, mouse devices out there that can help people better click or better be able to move around. So I think that's more what this is from accessibility standpoint is someone with a, a motor skill issue or, like I said, Parkinson's, somebody that shakes, something like that, because 
you just aren't always able to just feel your way around the screen on a touchscreen. So I, mm. I think that's where we're probably coming from with this. And possibly maybe clicking as well, because I know that a lot of people struggle with the double tap. And I know you can make some changes to the settings to uh, increase the amount of time you've got to double tap on the screen, but that can be a real challenge for some people. Um, I just want to mention some other things, because we are short of time, believe it or not. Who'd have thought uh, mm. that we'd talk this long about WWDC, but there you go. Um, some new iPad gestures coming out, including three-finger three pinch, that's to copy, uh, three-finger out, so the opposite of pinch, paste, and if you have pasted in the wrong place, you don't have to shake your iPad anymore, which is kind of, I have to be honest, it always makes me look like I'm really angry in a cafe. Suddenly I'm sitting there typing away, and the next minute I'm going, ah! Um, it's like, what are you doing? Is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just typed the word the wrong. Etch a sketch. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, to undo now, it's a three-finger left swipe. Which is so, strange, because so. that's the gesture to change pages using voiceover. So I wonder if that's going to be different. Well, this is the challenge again. We've had the, we had all this with Zoom and uh, voiceover when yep. they were put together. Uh, so hopefully they've... So my, yeah, my best guess there is that it only works if you have your cursor in an actual box that can be edited to so an editable field. If you're yeah, not Sean. in an editable field, then it should switch pages. Well, they don't, it's not things. just for a text undo, is it? What if you delete an email and you want to undo that? You still shake the device then, so that... Still, doesn't. well, it's, it's talking about pasting, though. It says if you've pasted in the wrong yeah, place, yeah, that's all very good. That's great. Yes, do. pasting and copying a new gesture. What about selecting? That's terrible. That's a terrible oh, method that. to do it. So, they still need to work on that. Um, there's file support coming to iPad as well. Uh, you can plug in a thumb drive, uh, if you wanted to do that. This is going to help a lot of people. Um, I think there's better integration for other services as well. Um, so I think, yeah, the file support's getting better. Column view is coming. Terrible. Which I must admit, on, well, on a Mac, it's the only way I've found to get around the Finder. Yeah. So kind of hoping that that's the case, and that might make it easier to navigate on the iPad as well. Uh, so that could be pretty good. Um, what was the thing I wanted to mention specifically about the iPad and, of course, the iPhone? Oh, yes, dark mode. <gasps> this was touted as the biggest thing in the world. Um, and you know what? For For a lot of people like myself who struggle with, bright light yes dark mode is very welcome i've got an old macbook gremlin here. <laughs> yeah, bright light. i know <laughs> doesn't like water either and you can't feed him after midnight I tell well you. you know you can do that you can absolutely feed me after midnight that's not a problem um between sleeps that's the problem uh but yeah so um Sorry, I put you off. No, yeah, I did a bit, yeah. So I was thinking of eating there for just a second. So you completely... I just did the McDonald's in Dark my mode. And all other restaurants are available that, that sell burgers and things. Um, so yeah, you, uh, you've you got Dark Mode. Now I've got that, an, old, an old MacBook Air, which a friend find, uh, very kindly gave me. And um, I don't have that... I think it's Mojave I've got right now. So I don't have Mojave on it. It's El Capitan. Um, and I miss Dark Mode on it. I really, really miss yeah. that. Because it's a lovely feature. Um, so that's good. It's coming to iOS and iPad OS as well. So that's good news. But um, let's talk about some of the other functions because there's a couple of other devices, of course. We've got the watch. And there wasn't a huge amount to talk about. I mean, okay, health was a big feature of the watch this time around. We kind of laughed our way through this on our, <laughs> we did. our live Annette. stream. But um, <laughs> yeah, because we, we all live in denial of our own mortality, I think. Uh, but. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out, especially for women. Uh, and I think generally health is, 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 you know, these devices are going to be used for so much more down the line. Uh, that is clear. Um, 
I was most excited by the hourly chime. Oh, I uh, knew so you this would is a feature. Be. Well, I loved the old rooster uh, talking clock. Or talking, well, I had a talking clock as well, but I had a talking watch that used to. Yes. At, um, oh, spot on. You know, whatever time. It, <laughs> yeah. And um, I think we all had one at one time. Well, this doesn't. This has a, a bird. It's a gentler bird than a rooster. A robin, apparently. It's a robin, yeah. And you'll get your hourly chime on your watch. There's some new faces as well. The extra large face, I notice, has been uh, emboldened considerably. Ooh, so if you like I that, do. then you're going to find it's a lot easier to see. Uh, much brighter. Um, rain data. This was something I picked up on. I assume that means, uh, this is some, uh, a tweet from a friend of mine who said, oh, I can now get rain data on my watch face. I'm assuming that means that the weather is a complication or or maybe indeed a, a watch face itself. <laughs> Well, this could be this could be good, Tim. You know, you want to know when you go outside for your daily run um, that uh, <laughs> it's not raining. Although you live in America, it never rains there, does it? Oh, I wish that was the truth. No, this past weekend where we were, it rained every moment. We're not talking about the weather. I refuse. Thunderstorms. Yeah, no, if I'm if I'm outside running, you should run too because there's somebody after me. So no, I, I think that there are people that this is useful for. Just like everything with the Apple Watch. There are so many different great features that are specific to individual people. So everybody can find their personal use case. Like you talked about with, uh, you know, with the activity tracking, they've updated that quite a bit and the weather and rain tracking, the tracking of menstrual cycles for women, as you mentioned, the hourly chime. What I really like about that is that it also will have haptic feedback. So the watch will vibrate on that <sighs> hour. I currently have a, a, a an app on my phone that Ugh. just runs in the background and announces the time Ugh. every hour or half an hour, and I can turn that off now. Yay! Yeah, just because. Why does? Just because you've got an why Android. Why we always? Now. No, no, no. The VI community is obsessed with hourly chimes. <laughs> That's the first app everyone downloaded on the iPhone, and it drives me crazy. Every hour, everything's going bing bong bing. Terrible, I've, I terrible. Always turn them off. I downloaded a program on my um, PC. It's from the. A- APH, the American Printing House yep. line. And um, it was a program, and that's exactly what it did. I think you told me about it, Sean. It would go bing bong <laughs> at the top of an hour. And I just I thought, this is amazing. I loved it. Why? I don't We're know. counting down the hours to our graves. It's terrible. I hate all those hours. I'm not counting them. I'm just accepting them. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, I want to talk about the, I mean, the watch, of course, is a big deal. Um, not a huge amount, though. A lot of visual stuff related to that. And, health, as I say, but um, one of the the features that kind of came along and then disappeared very quickly, they mentioned, was the HomePod, uh, multi-user available now in HomePod. This, I I guess, means that we can now, or it can now identify who's talking to it, something that really we should have been been able to do with this for a long time. Yeah, not to be confused with multiple profiles, like you can do maybe on an Echo, Mm. where you can change the profile to somebody else's full-on profile, but yes, it will recognize each individual voice that speaks to it. And I, I'm hoping that that's their way of doing multiple profiles. Well, so that, that is the same, isn't it? Because they did no. say it will, it will access their calendar. So it must be linked to their Apple well, ID. That's what, I'm, that's what the implication is, is that it will access your music or your playlists, your calendar, your information separate from someone else. So if, if that is f- as fully integrated as they imply it to be, then yes, that's what I've been screaming about since the HomePod came out. It's not still enough of a feature to make me want to buy one yet, but I think it's a, a definite step in the right direction. Uh, separately, though, with you know, like they did on Apple TV, you can actually have multiple profiles on Apple TV now, which I like that. I didn't know. Oh, that. I did not know. No, that. I didn't know that either. 
Yeah, that'll be something on Apple TV later in the year. Oh, so you as can well, do it right now, right? So you just lied to oh, our audience. Yeah. Thanks for that. Just Tim. lied to our faces, Tim. Yeah. None of this you can do right now. We've no, already we're, made oh, that clear. Well, I got all excited. Stop talking to the back of my head. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> look, the multi-user thing is great, but why have we not got that on iOS, iPad, or whatever? That that's something they need to pull across yeah, from right, the host part. Sure, no, right. I mean, that's great, but let's get it on iOS. And Safari Download Manager, that is amazing. That's all, again, linked to the files and being able to download files now from a website and know where it's going to go and know where to find it once it's finished downloading. That's great as well. And Neural TTS, that's going to be exciting. So the more expressive Ooh. voices for Siri, mm-hmm. I mean, that, does that have a knock-on effect for our, you know, voiceover screen reader? And, so, and, and. Yeah, that's good. No, I just want to get that in because I know you're going to wind yeah, up poor in a minute. Susan oh, Bennett, she's out of a job she's no longer the voice of siri it's all artificially done now that said it it sounded better that was a really good, <gasps> no, it, was good. it was good uh, i think the other one that's kind of stood out for me was the um airpods now you can get a text message read to you <sighs> now this this doesn't really apply to you people that have got old iphones i'm talking to you schwartz and priests um but yeah basically uh if you've got one of the newer phones the phones don't read the messages out until you've face id'd yourself uh, which is rather annoying. Uh, I'm hoping that changes, and I imagine it probably will with this new feature where it will read out your message if you've got your AirPods on, and you can reply instantly. Follow-up mode is essentially coming to the AirPods as yeah, well. Yeah, I like that feature. That's a really nice feature. They also said that if you have people with uh, you know more than one set of AirPods, you can listen to music on one device at the same time with multiple sets of AirPods, and even works on the HomePod, so you can listen... Uh, you know, with multiple people to one, you know, one device. So I like that too. And well, you can anyway. And, it's a speaker. You all sit around it. I don't get it. Sorry, carry on. And Bluetooth split is coming, um, <gasps> which means we can split the audio um, two ways. Now I don't know if that means we can send voice over to one speaker or one pair of headphones and uh, audio to another. I don't know. That's something we'll be able to try. And the other thing is on the macOS side, we didn't really touch much on that. There wasn't a huge amount, I don't think, to mention, except one feature which I think a lot of people who are partially sighted will like, and that is the zoom display option, which now lets you have zoom enabled on one screen only and not on the second screen, which is perfect if you uh, do presentations. I've done that myself a few times. You've been sitting there thinking, I can't do this presentation because, or at least can't use this computer because zoom's on the main screen, and if I turn zoom on... It'll obviously appear on the, the the second screen as well. No longer the case on macOS, uh, the new version Catalina, which is what its name is. Look, that's it for us. Um, we crammed a lot in, and there was a lot to tell. Um, and, you know, that was all just around our accessibility thoughts, which I think says a lot, frankly, about how things have moved on. So great news from WWDC. Tell us your thoughts and uh, share them by emailing us. Feedback at ami.ca. And you can also find us on our website, DoubleTap dot online tim and sean thank you guys as always thank you thank you catch you next time on double tap canada this was an ami podcast for more accessible media visit ami.ca Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.